This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. Um, today, we're back again with me and Nick. Uh, we're going to talk about something amazing. So... Let's bring each other up to date. What's been going on? How, how's uh, how's California? And then I'll share something about uh, my week that's been going on. Absolutely. And uh, I'm excited to hear about you, Bob, because from everything I've been hearing a little bit, you've had a absolutely crazy busy week. Um, so on my end, out in the California end, things have been going well. Um, very busy. I got a lot of fun stuff happening. So in the last few days, um, Today and the yesterday, the day before, I've been back in my outpatient clinic for physical therapy. But the few days before that, I was actually got a cool chance to shadow and work with some patients in the spinal cord injury unit as well as in the polytrauma unit. So okay. a very a very different patient population for sure. Exciting. You yeah, feel like so- you're learning a lot and all that? Absolutely. Yeah. Learning a lot. Um, and even some of it is good just to practice a, um, you know, every location, every setting has its own set set of fundamentals in terms of what do you start with for the building blocks and how do you work your way up with that? Yeah. So getting a chance to work with patients that not only have, you know, you have to work with a very different set of building blocks, but working with them in a very different way, you know, some of them having traumatic brain injuries or different level of strokes where it looks very, very different. Or even two, I was working with two different spinal cord injury patients where they both had, you know, kind of stereotypical the way you'd see it documented. They'd have about the same injury, but just the different level that they were at. One of them was barely getting into the wheelchair and moving around through that. The other one, we were training him how to pop wheelies with the wheelchair and pivot in place with it. So uh, totally, totally different levels and totally different people but a lot of fun a really good experience bob awesome it sounds like it's very unique and it's very new uh and and that's good um yeah yeah definitely it's uh you know it's a, it's a great clinic here a lot of good dynamics a lot of really good patients and most importantly a lot of great other clinicians to be around too yeah, so bob awesome. tell, tell me about your week a little bit it's it's been busy uh you know how they there's a saying like when you get driven down to the ground so many times uh, and then you finally stop getting driven down, you got a time to breathe. I don't know if that's an actual saying. It's probably not. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it is either, but apparently it is. <laughs> so, so, so that, that's what, that's what I've been feeling like this, uh, these past uh, two weeks, past three weeks, but it's finally over. Uh, now today's the last day for me to, to finally start breathing again. Um, and Right after right after class today, I took a nap for around two hours, and and now I'm here. Um, but there we go. It, it, you know, I, I've heard a rumor, Bob, that oxygen does help life. So I'm glad you're breathing again. Yep, that's it. Um, no, it, it's been awesome. I, and also, since we're sharing about patients, and this is more, I guess, a PT. We're both PTs. Um, so so I have I have grand rounds, which is pre- pretty much like um, I'm on the clinic in my school and I had this patient come in and, and this girl was, I don't know, junior prop. She was like a junior in, uh, in college and she was diagnosed two years ago with fibromyalgia. So 
her entire body was was hurting her entire um both her arms both her legs her back her chest her shoulder everything and and she had uh some kind of vertigo with her head right so this was my my first patient that i was checking that was doing an initial eval um by myself well well, with the partner uh but i was taking the lead for grand rounds and this poor girl was was taking all these medications to decrease her pain for this for for fibromyalgia right um so we looked at her and we did uh some uh what so, so the protocol we did was a was a symptom behavior gathering. So we looked at the symptoms, what behaviors aggravated and eased the the symptoms, and then we we created hypotheses uh, and then ruled in or out those hypotheses. So what we discovered was was it might be uh, a source of cervical radiculopathy and a source of lumbar radiculopathy combined together, causing her arm pain and her leg pain. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh more complex patient case. Yeah. So, so we decided, so she had at the moment when, when I was talking to her, she had six out of 10 foot pain, both feet, um, just burning sensation. So we decided to do 50 prone press-ups and at the end of the 50 prone press-ups, well, well, it was like 10 and then a break, 10 and then a break, but 50 in total. And her, her leg pain, her pain, her foot pain just completely went away in her foot and both of her feet. So she was taking meds and, and I feel so bad because, because it's such a scary experience being diagnosed with fibromyalgia and nobody knows what, what that actually means. Um, and, and she's like 20 years old. So I, it, 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 it was a fun experience that, that it was a unique experience for me that, that I got to, that I got to look at this, this, uh, this week, last week. Absolutely. Yeah. Different patient case and opportunity for you to not only gain experience for yourself, but you said, like you said, help this girl out where, you know, she, you know, we don't know yet, but may or may not have been misdiagnosed. And either way, you gave her a, a look at a glimpse of what pain-free means for her and what the possibilities are out there. Yeah, you know what the coolest thing is? So I, I asked her what, I asked her the question at the end of my eval. I asked her, um, what does success look like to you? Like, like if at the end of, of these four weeks or however long weeks we have together, yep. Um, what does success look like to you? And she was like, yeah, if I could get my foot pain to four out of 10 pain constantly and my back pain to three out of 10, she said she'd be happy if if it was was gone. Um, So at the end of the session, it was gone. And she, she, she was confused. So it was like a good kind of confused. Um, So, so it was a good experience. And and I think this is, I think that's one of the driving factors of why I want to do, I want to have a clinic that helps people with back pain. Uh, or, or or a physical therapy clinic in general, just just to help people, right? To to get out of pain, to to know that there's a there's a different solution. Um, Absolutely, and and that's a great way of wording it, Bob. That you know there are there do happen to be many solutions out there, um, but physical therapy being largely non-invasive and working with a great combination of doing things that people can take ownership over, but and that they can control themselves and also hopefully start to understand their own body in a better way too. Definitely. Definitely. I don't know if you had like any, any cool cases you want to share, Nick, um, over your clinic so far. Yeah. Um, I, I could share one that, um, was really cool. So I'm working with a, um, I don't want to say too much information because some of it may, um, you know, we can't give away any patient identity, but I'm working with a female 
somewhere in the age range between um, 30 and 45. And she's a personal trainer for her job as well. So this is obviously somebody who knows her stuff for fitness. And she was, I'm working in the VA system, so she was active duty in the military. So she's coming in. The diagnosis for the eval referral said low back pain. And what I get in with this eval is I start doing all these tests and figuring things out. Well, she's really got three separate issues going on. Some of them are a little bit related, but three separate issues. So she does have low back pain. The low back pain is across, um, is up and down the entire lumbar region, that lower part of the spine from L1 to L5, and it's horizontal all the way across. So basically, if you think about it, it's really the entire lumbar area and, you know, goes from the spinous process directly in the middle all the way out to the very edge of the border of the QL. So I mean, if you think about it, Bob, that's a pretty big area, right? Yep. So, um, you know, range of motion and stuff was fine with that. Um, a little bit limited. And again, this is a very high level athlete. So not only is she a personal trainer, but she competes in high level races, um, almost every week. And so she's doing, you know, half marathon races and half marathon obstacle course races every single week, basically. And she's done that ever since she's been out of the military. So she had been having the back pain for a very long time. And, you know, going through a lot of movements were good for it. Um, But And people have back pain for very, very many different reasons. Sometimes it's due to muscle imbalance. Sometimes it's due to um, moving incorrectly. Sometimes it's due to a weaker core. Sometimes it's due to hips not being strong enough. But was that what was actually happening with her is an overactive core. Now, Bob, have you ever had seen somebody with back pain because of an overactive core? No, never. I, I didn't even so, know that existed. <laughs> this is only my second patient that I've seen um, where like that's the clear a clear cause of it. So she had a really strong core. So not only is she a personal trainer but she competes in high level athletic events every single week. She either runs a half marathon or does a half marathon obstacle course. Oh, wow. That's it's insane level. It's, it's pretty incredible actually. But what happens is all that core musculature. So Bob, think about holding a plank about how about how long can you hold a plank for a minute? I, I don't know. A minute. Sure. Let's say a minute. And when you get to that like minute or even like up to like, oh, let's say you got to a minute and 10 seconds and you start to feel the core shaking, like it's really tough and everything's squeezing really, really hard. Yes. What you're doing is you're stabilizing the spine. So what she's doing as she walks around as she goes through motion throughout every single day, that core is always turned on. And so it's always that kind of compressive stabilizing of the spine where it's not actually moving enough for her. Wow. So, so what do you guys would, do? Yeah, great question. So um, I'm going to get into some of the other stuff that was going on first because she came in with definitely not only low back pain. The okay. low back pain had been going on for about four years. What wow. was going on okay. for about eight years was what we eventually figured out was a chronic hamstring strain. Hmm. Interesting. That had, going, that had been going on for eight years. Now, she got it when she was in active duty. And the issue is, 
that it never had time to heal whatsoever. You know, they're trying to figure out things. And at the time, they were doing all this imaging and figuring out if it was the sciatic nerve or not and what other issues were going on at the time. But it's basically, it was a proximal, very close, the hamstring right under the butt muscle. Um, the one on the medial side, semitendinosis. That was actually a chronic strained muscle that was causing her significant pain. The other interesting thing was on the side that the hamstring strain was on, maybe this was due to pain inhibition, not totally sure. Uh, maybe it was due to disuse or maybe just happened, but she had weaker glutes, hip extensors, and hip abductors, glute meds on that side. So not only was every time she was, her pain for that was when she was running uphill or going through kind of heavy obstacles or doing deadlifts. So if you think about those things, Bob, it's, are there things that require a lot of push off, a lot of torque from your hamstrings and back of your yes. thigh muscles? Yes. So what was happening was not only was she placing the tissue under load, but she didn't have other muscles to help it out. So it was muscles like those strong glutes and strong glute meads, the abductors and extenders on that side were weaker. So every time she did a push off or a deadlift or any kind of motion like that, it was placing stress in the hamstring, but also there were in other tissues to share the load like there were on the other side of her body. Huh. So again, a very high level athlete, but some clear weakness that we found. And now the difference with evaluating high level athletes is, you know, sometimes the if we have a patient that's 70 years old, might have a knee replacement or might have other kind of osteoarthritis or something. I mean, Bob, you've done strength testing. It's pretty easy to tell where the weak, correct? Yeah. But if you think of a high level athlete like this, the threshold that you have to test them with is much higher. You have to find a way to put them under tension more or really kind of figure out where their weaknesses are. So for her, we did a lot of functional testing positions. We went through different deadlift form positions. We went through different squats. You know, she we found out that she did have tight lats that were contributing, but her overhead squat wasn't that bad. But the difference was in her normal squat, she could almost get her butt to the ground. So in a some, looking somewhat normal overhead squat with a slight lat tightness, compared to that kind of squat form normally, her lats were definitely a contributing factor. Oh, okay. Interesting. So from, from what I hear, it's from, she has low back pain for a while. Um, yep. She had mostly due to overactive core, uh, hamstring, a chronic hamstring strain that's been affecting yep. her, her back as well. And, and some, some tight musculature in, in the lats. Um, Absolutely. And in addition to that, she's also got some shoulder issues that are going on. That's, you know, I don't want to take up too much time in this episode, Bob, so we'll chat about it later. But, um, you know, fascinating, fascinating uh, case with the shoulder that I've actually never seen before that I'm really enjoying treating. Huh. Well, interesting. Um, I, I'm going to actually go a little meta with this. Go for uh, it. So what you just did there is you created an open loop. So an open loop is basically when you're telling a story and then you make it so, so uh, appealing, right? And then you say, yep, let's talk about it next time or at some other time. And then the listener will be like, oh my God, Dick, I want to know what that is. So, I, and, and I'm feeling that right now. So what do you, you just mind so just, just that, sharing? Uh, that, that stereotypical cliffhanger, huh? Yes. That, 
yeah, pretty much. That, uh, yeah, that, that was you know, Bob. That wasn't the intent. Um, I know we got some listeners out there that are more than just um, that aren't only PT nerds. So yeah. I don't want. Well, what's like a get... one sentence synopsis of this show? Because I really want to know. Okay, uh, you sure you want to know, Bob? Uh, a one sentence synopsis. Yeah. All right, I might give it to you in two. <laughs> no. Oh, this is it's such a cool one. I can't give him just a few words. Okay, I'll go into it, Bob. You twisted my arm. You twisted my shoulder. I'll give it to you. She's having shoulder pain, um, where she can only get her shoulder up to about she got full flexion, but only about 140, 150 degrees of abduction. We test internal rotation by seeing how far up the back she can put her hand. So if her let's say her left shoulder is a painful one. If her hand behind her back on the right side with internal rotation can get all the way up to T5. But that's pretty high, right? Vertebrae T5? Yeah, I guess. Bob, what's your prediction? How high can... So did you just do that to yourself to feel? Um, now I did. <laughs> okay, and how high did you get for yours? T T3. Nice, nice, good. That's not bad. Yeah. I'm I'm probably lower. I'm probably like T6 or something. But she got to T5 with the uninvolved side. So how high do you think she got with the side she had paint on? C2. How high? C2. C2? Yeah. <laughs> no, so this is with the hand behind the back. <laughs> like, like not overhead, but underneath. Low back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, Okay. You got me there. Um, I, I don't know. Just, just okay. barely, barely like lumbar area. She got up to T3. So with the good side, she got from the low back all the way up to T5. With the bad side, she got from the low back all the way up to T3, which is two segments higher. Huh. <laughs> all Dang, right. We're thinking what's going on. So basically she had a lot of scapular winging. Her shoulder blade was all funky going way off the, over the place. And she, so she does have thoracic spine tightness. She does have in that shoulder, some kind of ball and socket in that glenohumeral, a lot of locations of hypomobility of places not moving as, as much as they need to. In the glenohumeral joint, the ball and socket, and in her thoracic spine area. So what happens is that her scapula is winging because it's hypermobile. Hmm. So Bob, I'm going to give you a quick anatomy quiz. Okay. When, I, yeah, go ahead. So when we think of a shoulder blade winging coming out of being, you know, kind of hard to control, what muscle do we typically think of being weak? Um, the serratus anterior. <laughs> Perfect, you aced it. Great oh, job. Look at that. <laughs> serratus anterior. So, what would you expect for this patient for her serratus anterior? Uh, it'd be weak. It'd be like a weak protractor. Sure, absolutely. Um, so her good side was a five out of five, and her bad side was just as strong, still a five out of five. Cool. Interesting. So it's less of a muscle weakness and more of it's just a pattern of hypermobility to gain motion somewhere. So it's a really interesting case about 
you know, a athlete with debatably three different, almost separate issues. And how do we construct the treatment program to address all those issues and really help? So that's a really exciting case that I'm enjoying working that's on. That's awesome. Good for you. It's, you sound like you have a really good grasp on, on what's going on. <laughs> I'm listening here and I'm kind of getting lost, but uh, it sounds like you have a really good grasp and, and you're, you're the therapist and you're, and you're treating them. So that, that's well, what hey, matters, right? Uh, I've already had two, one eval and one treatment session with them. And so the story is much more ingrained in my mind, but also it's, I don't pretend like I know everything that's, yeah. I mean, it's clinical for a learning experience and to keep embracing that kind of humble confidence along the way and the growth mindset of being eager to learn. Perfect. And uh, for those of you who are still listening, this has been like a very physical therapy heavy episode so far. And and we've been spewing a lot of uh, a lot of techno babble. So it's so a lot of jargon and a lot of language that uh, if you're not in the PT field, you might not understand. But but this is this is cool for us. Um, and again, we're both documenting things that we're, we like to talk about. And, and we might transition over to a little more mindset oriented things right now. Um, and, and I think one thing that I want to talk about getting onto this podcast was this idea of, of building relationships with other people. Right. Um, Look at that. So Bob. Now, the guys, this is Bob Chang. Come up with this idea when it's the day before Valentine's Day. Perfect day, perfect timing to talk about building relationships. All right, Bob, oh, take it away. I, I, didn't, I didn't think about that, but yes, you're right. Well, the whole reason why I was thinking about this um, was, so last night I had a dream, right? <laughs> right. Um, you were in the dream, Nick. Um, oh, this is about to get real weird real quick. <laughs> so we were, we were at... Um, so it was you, me, and then some other people that I can't remember in the dream, but there were, we, we were uh, at a conference together with some really, really famous people. I, I don't remember who, who the famous people were. I think it might've been like Oprah, um, Tony Robbins, all these, all these high influential people. Yeah. Those names and, sound vaguely familiar. Yeah. And then uh, as I was looking at them, you, you just walked up and, and shook everybody's hand. And then, I, I don't know, the panel changed and you guys were all best friends. That was that was the panel. Um, that was my dream and then I woke up and then I had huh. to take an exam. Um, so I wanna talk I about- Jive with that, I could see that happening. <laughs> so I wanna talk about today, um, more so after that PT thing, uh, how to build relationships with people efficiently, right? Um, because, so something that I I struggled with initially was I would always ask somebody to, to do a favor for me before I would provide them any value. Um, so let me give an example. Uh, I, about a year ago, um, Jordan Syatt, somebody who I looked up to tremendously uh, in, in the personal training world, he is Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer who's, who's pretty much a business guru and he has, so Jordan Syed has around 400,000 uh, Instagram followers. So he has a big audience. He has a big reach. And I couldn't be that guy of, oh, could you just go get on a call with me for free? Uh, help me out with my business. Help me out with, with all these things that I have questions with. Now, no obvious person, no person would, would be able to do that. Even if like, because 
people that have audiences, um, their time is limited, right? That they, they don't have all the time in the world to, to answer everybody's singles questions. Sure. Um, yeah. So what I did was I asked, how could I provide him value? First, that was that was my thought process before interacting with him. Gotcha. So um, your your first reaching out to him was introducing yourself and saying, "How can I help provide value to you?" Yeah. So so the first way I provided value was was I started engaging with with his content. Right. I started liking his posts. I started commenting his posts. Um, and and also there was an event that he was doing. So I I went to his event. I took a picture with him. Uh, and then I again I constantly engaged on his content on his uh, videos and all that, uh, and then I became more detectable on his radar, gotcha. right? So so he knew who I was, kind of. Um, he knew my name, Bob. Um, and one day he was starting a coffee company out of the blue, right? He, he decided that he wants to sell coffee. And I was like, this is perfect because I can may I, I could reach out and say, hey, I could do some of your social media content for, for your coffee company. Would that be awesome? Or, or would that be good for you? And he was like, yeah, sure. Send me some mock-ups. And then the night of, I sent him three mock-ups. Um, and- oh, I, I have a question for you about this. Um, Cause yes. that's very important for the example and for people's approach with this. Are you, when you go about this, are you just kind of out of the blue, out of nowhere asking, how can I provide value to your life? Or are you being transparent with them? saying, hey, I'd like some mentorship in the future, but I know that it's it's a give and a take. And so I'd like to help you out. Uh, are you being transparent in that? Or what's what's your approach with that? So, so, so in my mind, I first think of how can I provide value? And then I don't expect that they're going to give me any sort of mentorship. Because if I give without expectation of anything in return, then I won't be disappointed if they don't give me anything back. All right. So here's like a side tangent story. So about two years ago, I was doing, I was on YouTube. I was creating book summaries. And in my mind, I wanted to have Mike Matthews, uh, a a person who wrote a book called Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, um, to promote my YouTube video. So I I made this whole YouTube uh, video and it took me a week to to make. I was like, put this on your YouTube channel, Mike. Uh, It's going to help you a lot. And I, I emailed that to them. And, and he said, no, unfortunately, sorry, we follow schedule. And, and I got super upset because I was trying to, to quote unquote give, but actually in actuality, I was actually taking uh, more than I was giving. And I, was, and I had this expectation that something was going to happen. So do you remember the, the time during Christmas where I sent out 10 of those Christmas cards to, to people around my, my mom's clinic? Yeah, absolutely. When you were talking about kind of the, that top 10 list about people that you could engage with yeah yeah so so i i sent out the 10 um letters i sent out the 10 follow-up emails and and nobody responded so but but at the same time i didn't have i, I had an expectation that one person was gonna come but that was pretty low and and it didn't achieve uh and i was slightly disappointed but i would have been more disappointed if i set my expectation that five out of the 10 people would have responded does that make sense yeah, and I think it's it's a realistic but also challenging mentality to try and have where you it sounds like you are setting your expectations low, but I think the difference between your approach, Bob, and what a lot of people do is some people still set their expectations low, but they don't put in the required work. You're putting in the work. You're putting in that effort. Then you're just saying, hey, 
whatever happens to happen from this is a bonus. Yeah. No, that, that, yep. You're, you're, you're right. Um, but going back to the original story. So I sent him, I sent Jordan side the three mock-ups, right. And then after about three months of just constantly giving uh, him content every single day, he just, he, he was like, Hey Bob, you want to get on the phone? We'll talk about stuff. And I was like, okay, sure. So we got on, I'm on our phone and that was great. We got to connect. Um, and then he talked, he talked about some stuff, sh- shared some mentorship, gave me some inspiration. Um, and now I'm here today. So that, that's, that, that's, that's the story. Um, that was, I think that was my, I haven't told that story recently, so it was a little shaky, but, um, I think that that's the point of, of these podcasts. So figuring out my story, uh, and then telling it in a way that, that helps people break beliefs. And, and the belief that I was trying to break in this story was that it's possible to, to build connections with somebody of higher influence. Uh, but that doesn't mean you have to constantly ask for them, constantly ask things from them. You got to provide them value first with no expectation in return. Does that make I sense? Like it. And now, Bob, I'm going to, because again, we're all about mindset here. We're about critical thinking, higher understanding. So Bob, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because we are, hear about mindset about critical thinking i want to challenge you just a little bit okay i like this perfect so what if by you asking somebody again we're talking about somebody of a quote-unquote higher status whatever that might mean to you what if you asking them for a small favor is actually benefiting them and what i mean by that is by you asking them that's seen as a sign of your Go ahead. I, I got the answer already. Okay. So, so basically I, from listening to half your question, it, it sounds to me like what if this opportunity you're presenting to, to this person of quote unquote higher influence is, or higher status is actually helping them. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. What if, so, what if it's a sign of confidence and trust in them and an opportunity that could behoove them too? All right. So I, I have an answer for this. I, I don't know if, if you'll like this answer, but um, so People that that are usually, quote unquote, higher, uh, have a lot more things, right? Whatever you want to call it, higher status, higher whatever, higher influence. um, They're usually busy, right? So they usually guard their time super, super well. Um, And they're presented with new opportunities every single day, right? That they're presented with somebody, somebody could could come up to that person and say, yeah, I have this newest idea where, I'm going to push a button and then tacos are going to just fly to my room and, and come into my mouth. Right. That's the idea though. Right. Everybody has ideas. Like every single person has an idea that could be presented to uh, a person of higher influence. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything because if they're not executing on it and it's not a proven system, how can it actually benefit the person? Uh, but then you might be asking, but what if it does benefit the person? Right. Again, yeah. th- the person uh, of higher influence or whatever you want to call it. They already have their purpose set out. They already know what they're doing. They're already going towards their one thing. And if your uh, thing comes along and helps boost it along, then that then th- that increases the, the chance of, of them, uh, of that building that relationship together, right? So what I'm talking about is they're going towards their goal and then you're coming along and saying, hey, promote my thing. And that's straying them off from their one thing. Sure. So, yeah. so I, I think that that's the, the difference right there. Okay, um, no, I, I like your answer, Bob, in that, you know, I think your answer lies in, to a certain extent, 
is when people are very focused and driven on their goals, everything and anything in life is either a promoter or a distractor of their goals. And so making sure that if you do take that approach, that you are absolutely not a distractor from any of their goals. Yeah, you're basically finding what can help them lead to where they want to go. And then you accelerate their process. I like that. I like it a lot. And go ahead. What what are your thoughts? Because I I know I personally gone to a conference with you once before, like an actual conference, not in a dream. Um, And it it, it seems like you're good at networking. You're good at building relationships. Um, And I want to hear your thoughts about what you think. Um, yeah, you know, Bob, I think, I think persistence is important as well. I think making yourself known, not in a flaunty way, but in saying that, so let me put it this way. I think there's value in reaching out directly to people. I think there's value in saying, Hey, here is who I am at this stage of my life. Here is a, so I'm presenting my story of who I am. Then I'm presenting my goal. Hey, I'm interested in this and this and this. I see that you have done such and such along your way. I'm a fan of that. You know, you give them a compliment along the way and say, you know, and you go in with the intention of, can I learn something from you? I'm going, I think persistence is important where, you know, you go up to somebody, introduce yourself for who you are, what you're trying to do. And talking to them about what they've done, give them a compliment, help show that one, you've done your research, you know who they are. Uh, Then ask them, go in with the intention of saying, hey, whether you say it outright or not, but hey, I want to learn something from this experience. I want to gain something. And how can I, you know, not use people, but how can I have this, take this opportunity to learn something along the way? My experience is that people who are very passionate in a certain area will be extremely willing to help you out. Yes, I I agree. Let me let me let me tell you a story to clarify this for an example. And this is one that's actually extremely pertinent to my own life right now. So, as you know, I am interested in my near future about going into an orthopedic residency program for physical therapy. Right. Yep. Yep, for advanced training, advanced mentorship along the way. Well, I've been in communication with um, the residency program director from Kaiser. And, you know, he's an extremely, extremely busy guy. Um, And so he hasn't necessarily returned all my emails um, on time at all, or even all of them. But if I wasn't persistent, nothing would have happened for communication. So at first, I emailed him, introduced myself, who I was, expressed my interest. Emailed him a second time, and he got back to me then. So then after that, I have some dialogue going. Well, then I bring up a conversation I had with a current, um, with a past resident and past fellow of his that he was very pleased with. So I'm starting to build a rapport with him. And again, all throughout the way expressing my interest and doing my research in the program. So then to follow that up, you know, I asked him if there's a chance to meet with him. And so, you know, even though he's very busy, he, he, part of his job is to find new residents for the future. Right. I mean, Bob, that's part of his responsibility as a director, right? Yes. So 
in a way it is kind of aligning with what he's interested in because I'm helping him have a extended interview. I'm helping him have a glimpse of me for him to say, Hey, I either really like this dude or man, what is this guy doing? I don't want him in my program. And so I'm showing interest in that. And by being persistent, by staying up with the communication, I'm setting up an opportunity for myself, an opportunity to meet him to better my leverage. But I'm also giving him a glimpse of my character. I'm showing him that just because I might receive a no or receive a little bit of resistance, this thing I'm going after is something I care about. And people value persistence. People value having goals that, you know, you can encounter obstacles and get turned down by. So right now, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to go visit him and meet him in person in a few days coming up now down in LA. So if it wasn't for my persistence with that and kind of the almost repeated knocking on the door, it wouldn't have happened. Now, Bob, have you heard of, uh, you heard of Rocky Balboa, right? Um, remind me again. Is he from Rocky the movie? Yeah, that it, it's Rocky. So, so okay. Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Yep. So, one of Sylvester Stallone's first jobs as an actor. You know how he got that job? It was before Rocky. What was the job? It was just like some some crummy actor job where he was some uh, he was an extra in a movie that got the basically the crap kicked out of him for two minutes in a movie, and that was his scene. Okay, I like it. Sounds so, like a nice scene. Okay. That was, his, yep, yeah, that, was his, that was his up and coming. People never heard of him, didn't know he was in that. But anyways, he went to this guy's office, this recruiter, and was asking him for a job and showing him why he could do that. And the recruiter basically told him no. That, you know, he told him no multiple times. So what Sylvester Stallone did is he... You know, the guy said he was too busy. He left for work that day. Sylvester waited outside the guy's office. Not just for a couple hours, but he waited there all night. So when the guy came back in the morning, he said, all right, listen, I'll I'll give you a job, kid. Now, part of it might have been so he didn't have to deal with him again. But I think persistence is an important virtue and persistence put in the right place. So persistence combined with having a hunger for the right things in life. I completely agree. I love that message right there. Uh, but, but let me ask you this, Nick. Yeah. When, what separates the line between persistence and being annoying? That's a great question. And that's, that that's Bob, I think that's at the essence with that line is how we handle and how we ought to handle um, these kind of networking situations, because sometimes it is kind of vague. And I, can I give my answer? Okay, actually, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Bob. I want go ahead. I, I think that the answer. Well, well the, this is my my perspective. I think that the, the what divides the line between being persistent and being, um, and being super needy, and and annoying is is you're taking more than you're asking. Yeah, that's when it becomes more super super annoying and super super uh, needy. So that, that's my perspective, uh, but, but I love the message of being persistent. That, I agree. That goes I agree. And I think, I think a lot of it, Bob, is about the attitude you have with it, about being grateful for any opportunity, grateful for any way 
it leads. And even what I often tell people is thank you for, you know, thank you for taking the time to consider this and even being grateful for the, those little things can go a very long way. Yeah. You know what I just, when you're telling that story, I had a little aha moment. So my aha moment was like, you were repeatedly messaging somebody for school, right? Yep. And you can say that's the same thing when it comes to, to business, right? You're sure. repeatedly messaging somebody to, to, to make a sale so you can help them in, in losing weight. If that, if that's my field, for example. Sure. Um, so my question for myself is how come I'm not taking that perspective of, yep, that's normal in school. You're constantly messaging somebody if they don't answer you to doing that in the business world. Does that make sense? And like, and like you said, Bob, it, it is a very, it's a fine line and it's a delicate balancing act of what's going to be perceived as annoying um, and needy or what's going to be perceived as, hey, this person has some dedication. And I think yeah. the challenge that we face with that is that every person is different. Every person has their own experience they're coming into this with. So what one person might react and say, hey, that's awesome. I like, I like this guy. I like his persistence and his discipline and his focus. Another person might say, are you kidding me? This, this is too much. And they might just shut it out. Let me tell you, let me tell you my thoughts, Nick. Um, Okay. This is, this is just like a free fall discussion now. Um, But that idea, and this is more for me to internalize what I'm saying uh, and what I'm thinking. Um, If that person thinks that that's enough, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to Bob anymore. He's he's annoying. He he's too tall. He he has weird hair. Uh, I don't want to listen to Bob anymore. Um, I think it's it's a it's a it's a good moment when you find that because then you know who are the people that you're not supposed to be marketing to like it, then you find the people that the, these guys aren't the ones that you should be actually working with because they don't like who you actually are and, and if you are that person who who is persistent and shows yourself and and they don't like that then you know that they're not the right fit for you and you know i want to point out to everybody the great example of a growth mindset that Bob just showed. And it's not because, you know, he tried to set it up or stage it that way. That's just who he is and who he's developed into in this moment that, you know, he gets, that was a blatant example of, you know, somebody doesn't respond well, that means you got rejected. That is a rejection. And Bob, what you instantly did in that moment, as you internalized that was you internalized a external rejection as a calibration, as a way of saying, hey, let me learn from this opportunity and what do I have to change differently about either my approach for what I, the message I send or my approach of who I send the message to. Yeah, so it sounds about right, I think. Um, so no, that, I don't want this, this episode to go too long, um, but, but let's conclude and talk about uh, everything from last week. So last week, we set a challenge for both of us, if I remember correctly. Um, one was for you to do a podcast up until today. Uh, same thing for me, and then for me to funnel, finish my funnel this weekend. Um, so, so let's catch up with, with the, your podcast. How has that been going? Absolutely. Bob, it's been going well. I'm enjoying it. Um, 
you know, there was one night in there for sure where, oh man, I did not want to do it. I was exhausted. I was overtired. Um, I knew myself that if I saved it for the next morning and putting it out there, I would just be even more tired. I probably got about three and a half hours of sleep that night, but you know, I still still did it that night. It happened. Um, So yeah, every I've done one podcast episode every day so far. That's great. Me too. Me too. Did you talk about that? Like getting three hours of sleep or you're about to get three hours of sleep on that podcast episode? Yeah, I did actually maybe partially because I was probably delirious. And then partially because to like, <laughs> you know, you got to be real with everybody. We're not, we're not putting ourselves out here beside some, you know, hidden bronze podium or anything. It's, this is just, a, I mean, and you, you guys can tell us you're listening to Bob and I, we're just being realistic. Now this is scripted. It's just, we're sharing a bit of our lives, hope, hoping that you can gain a bit in yours. Can you imagine this being scripted? I, I can't imagine this being scripted. Oh, <laughs> Whoever scripted this would get fired. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> All right. yeah and, and for me, I, I did the same thing. Um, I've been doing a daily, daily podcast as well. And also, I built out my funnel. It's completely fully um, – it's fully made. Uh, there, there's some tweaks that I need to contact the company for to, to fix. Uh, but other than that, it, it's fully made this week. I plan to um, start putting people through and seeing how, how it goes. Fantastic. So, and Bob, just to clarify, this isn't just some kind of demo, like mock school assignment funnel thing for the company, but this is something that you're using for your business. Correct? Yes. Correct. So, so for people that are still listening and then maybe tune in for the first time, uh, you might be thinking to yourself, what, what's a funnel? Is that like where you like drink beer with? What, what, what's like a funnel? Yeah, no, it's, I've heard of those. They, they happen at the fair, right? Funnel cake? Oh, yeah. Funnel, yeah, funnel cake. No, no. So a funnel is basically, it, it's kind of like a website. So you know how like on a website, there, there's all these tabs. There's the home, there's the about page, there's a contact page, there's a blog page. And somewhere in the website, you're trying to, to make a sale. Uh, so the person that lands on the website that, that goes to the website can make a purchase. So potentially that purchase can change somebody's life. So what a funnel does is it simplifies the process. So once a person goes on a page, they're, they're guided through the sales process. So in, at the end of the funnel, they, they, there's an increased chance of them purchasing the product and thus having an increased chance of, of getting their life changed by the product. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's a, it's a guy, it's a gentle nudge in the right direction. Yes. That's basically what it is. Um, so I built that out this, that, that last weekend and, and it took me, took me a while, but, but I, I did it and I'm, I'm pretty happy. So now Bob, how, how do you compare to all the different strategies you were trying before this challenge compared to this funnel and the idea you have for the funnel now, what's been the change for you? What do you think it makes it more effective for you now? Okay, so I think I built three, three or four funnels so far. Um, I think this might be my fourth one, and that, and the past three have all failed. Um, they all failed not because the structure was bad, not because um, it wasn't it wasn't a good offer. Uh, an offer is basically what your, what your product is plus all the bonuses that make the the product overall more enticing. But two things. The first thing is uh, curiosity. Uh, my page doesn't have enough curiosity for people when they land on the page, when they get on the website, they're like, 
okay, I, I think I know what, what Bob talking what Bob's talking about. I, I don't want that product. I, I don't want it. Um, so if I make it more curious based, if I make an open looped, remember what Nick was talking about before with his shoulder story? Right? I, I, I was super enticed to, to learn more about it. Um, so I tried to, to put that on my sales page. And so basically second, for, a, for a Valentine's Day analogy, Bob's playing hard to get. Yes, I like it. Uh, this will probably be this will probably air to one or two weeks after Valentine's Day. But but yes, it's all um, good. Um, but and 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 the second thing is that I'm afraid to to put people through, and and I'm not. I don't have that uh, audience to to get people through it, and that's more of a consistent basis thing that I need to keep on doing uh, to to build up that audience. Um, so. Those are two main things that have changed with this funnel that I'm planning on doing with this funnel. Um, so. I like it. And I, I like not only the critical thinking you have about it, but the clarity that you have because you're truly invested in the process. Yeah. I'm, I'm my entire belief system believes that funnels is the way to go. Well, everything that, that you do when you sell something, it's a funnel, like physical therapy, like going to physical therapy is like a funnel, right? The person comes in, they meet the front desk person, then they're guided to the therapist, then they're sold on the plan of care, then they come back, and, and that's this this gentle nudging uh, process, uh, which is a funnel. Um, and, and and yeah, that, that's that's what I'm excited for these, these upcoming days. Fantastic. No, I'm glad. I love your ownership over it, Bob. Um, and, you know, best of luck putting it into action. Yeah, so, so what I want to do by the next time we talk is is have – I want to bring 500 people through the funnel, no matter what. Bob, and what's, let me, let me ask you this. What's your, so setting these goals and being accountable for them. We need, we need measurements to be accountable. 500 is absolutely a number. Yes. But in so, what, in, in what uh, timeline? So from today to next, next time we talk. So I understand that it is an outcome goal. So an outcome goal is a goal that you can't control. These are okay. 500 is, is something you can't control. So, so I'm going to say like 400 to 600 people uh, to make it more variable filled. Um, okay. But, but basically what I'm doing to set this number is, is I, when I drive ads to my funnel, I get scared when there's 30 people that see the funnel and then I just turn it off. Um, are you, wait, makes, tell, tell me more about Cause that's, that's totally a mindset thing, Bob. Tell me more about that. Yes. That is completely a mindset thing. And that's what I'm trying to break through so with you're this like, funnel. You're, you're basically an analogy to that is you're out on the river fishing. And then you see a fish in the water and you reel your line back in. Cause you're afraid it's going to get your worm. That is correct. That is correct, Nick. And that is, that's the, the hundred percent main reason why my first three funnels failed was because of that mindset reason. And this time, number four, I, I probably number four, I'm going to break through and, and do it. Um, so, okay. so, so that number 400 to 600 by next week. Um, so I'll let you know how it goes. Now, Bob, I have, I have a question for you. And I, because, because I value you as a friend and I value our accountability and I want it to continue to mean something. Yes. Now it's been a long time since we've talked about the check because yes. we've both held our end to the bargain for the check. So is this goal that you're setting somewhere between 400 and so at least 400 people through the funnel by when we meet next week, is that well, something you're putting the check on the line for? Yes. 
Okay. 100%. Okay. Then I so, will, so, as long so, as we're locked. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. So 400 people to, to at least see the funnel. So not right. so going through the funnel and seeing the funnel is different things, but, but seeing the funnel. Sure. Absolutely. So yes, $500 on the line. Uh, I'm terrified because I'm just terrified, <laughs> but, but uh, that's part of growth, you know? That's part of growth. You got to let the worm take a bite. All right. I, I'm excited to see what happens. All right. So uh, do you have anything that you want to set for yourself for this week, Nick? Bob, for, for this upcoming week, um, I really just want to, I've got actually a lot of fun stuff coming up and exciting things. So I just want to, you know, have an, in, no, nothing accountable, but an intention set for it about really living each moment. Well, um, actually tomorrow I'm taking a bus immediately after work. I'm taking a bus down to LA. So I'm taking the train and taking the bus, going to LA, um, going out to meet with the residency director, hanging out with a few friends. Actually, I'm going to a couple classes at USC meeting with a professor out there. Um, and their PT program where my friend's going. Uh, but then after that, I'm going to head back up and actually go to Yosemite for the rest of the weekend. I've got Monday off. We've got the federal holiday president's day off. So go presidents. Woohoo. And I'll be around the Yosemite wilderness with a new friend. So really looking forward to that. Exciting. Exciting stuff. Yeah. So I think it was a great episode today, Nick. Um, and is I, I do too, Bob. It was a bit of a um a jumbled episode. It was a bit of an episode that, you know, some people might say didn't have a clear focus, but our passions were guiding us. And that's the important thing. In life, you know, things don't always go to plan. You um you create a idea of where you're going. And don't be afraid to let your heart lead you either. That is so true. That's a great way to end the episode. All right. Thank you so much for listening to to Manifest Mindset. And we'll see you next time.